morning and good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's time for some morning coffee with Larry, and I'm glad that you are here to join with me today. Mm, not too hot, definitely not cold, just a right temperature on this cup. <laughs> it's been sitting here as I've been getting my computer set up and uh, get things ready for this morning's podcast. And I hope you have had a good weekend. It is Monday, and yes, it is the 14th. It's the 14th. We are knocking on the halfway point, working our way towards Christmas. And I hope that you have your Christmas shopping done. Hopefully, I have uh, the, uh, the responsibilities that I'm in charge of complete. I still have a few more things to get, but... Uh, uh, the, oh, the, you know, we're working our way there just in case my wife is listening to the podcast. I don't want to share too much. <laughs> oh, but yeah, the weekend it was, um, I'm trying to think it's, I don't know about you, but it's harder for me to remember. <laughs> what did I do yesterday? I can remember what I have for breakfast, but I can't remember what I did the day before. Oh, but we went to church yesterday morning and then had to race home. We just had a fast food lunch. And, uh, and then yesterday, uh, middle daughter Stephanie was coming over and she and my wife, they baked cookies all afternoon, all different kinds of Christmas cookies and decorating them fancy. And, and, uh, they looked really good when I got home. Uh, but as soon as I was done with lunch, I had to help my daughter on a transition and uh, uh it's uh we we uh, ran into town and there was uh, a couch set that had been stored at my mom's house that she was um purchasing from stephanie and was going to be having that in her new apartment yep she is done with school she has completed all of her requirements for her bachelor's degree in English. And uh, so now she, uh, she is moving to, or she, she is, she's in the process. I mean, her apartment isn't filled out yet, but she is moving to Champaign. Uh, so uh, uh, looking for job opportunities there. And, uh, and just to see what takes place. So we, she came down with some friends to help with the move. And I was very grateful for that, uh, because I just don't lift things as well as I used to, but we, uh, we got everything loaded up and got it moved into her apartment. Uh, the, the big couch was an interesting challenge just because of the, uh, the doorway and the angles and such, but we managed to get it in there and, and, uh, it was kind of, you know, for a dad, it was just a little bit weird when you see your kids doing transitions and it's a transition into independence or a transition into the next phase of their journey, the next steps. It's kind of weird. Um, if you're a parent, you know, this. And the thing is, it, it starts right after birth and you start seeing some 
different kinds of interactions and reactions and interplay with your, your infant child. And it just keeps going and it just keeps going and it just keeps going. And so, um, this, this weekend, my thoughts were definitely with my youngest. Um, we've got, uh, we've got five kids and, uh, they, uh, they are all in different places in their life. They range from 38 down to 22. And, uh, so this, this time I'm thinking about, okay, they're all transitioned into, you know, the true adult responsibilities and, uh, and what, what do you do? And, you know, in thinking about whenever, uh, I graduated, I was going to be a high school teacher and then found out there were no job openings whatsoever for what I had studied. And, uh, so trying to find that first job, I had to definitely look outside of the box and I went into a realm I had no intention whatsoever of getting into. I wanted to teach. I did not want to <laughs> deal with people who had problems. And uh, as I often say, uh, God pointed his finger at me, had a hearty laugh, picked me up and put me on an entirely different path. And, uh, as I, whenever I do speaking or something, a lot of times I'll say, well, I'm an unemployed high school teacher who took a temporary job, you know, 33 years ago, and, uh, I'm waiting for the teaching job to finally open up. <laughs> oh, but I guess that's kind of what I do with the podcast is I fulfill part of that teaching need that I have. And I think, you know, with, with my daughter, Jess, that, uh, some of the different plans that she anticipated, hoped for, you know, just like for all of us, it doesn't necessarily go according to plan. And here she is trying to start a new career and transition from college into gainful employment. And the problem is we're still in the middle of this crappy pandemic and uh, jobs are not what they, you know, typically are. They, uh, they're different. It's going to require a creativity that she will need to muster and, and look for those opportunities. And I think also back to my, my great, great grandpa, um, whom I never met, who my dad never met. He died the year before my dad was born. He died in 1925. And he went through some amazing transitions in his life. He was born in Virginia in the I think it was 1843, and uh, as a boy, as a very young boy, moved to Kentucky with his family. And you know, at that time, you when you moved, you looked for opportunities, and you didn't know what those opportunities were going to be. And then during the Civil War, he was a teenager, and the family moved again. Um, up to, uh, Illinois. And, uh, shortly, you know, thereafter he, uh, got married and built a farmstead of his own, but he was handy at a lot of different things. And you had to be because it wasn't like there was any factories. It was all agriculture 
related, people who were homesteading and farmsteading. There were little settlements that you would barely call towns. And he had to look at his skill set. You know, what were the things that he could do? Well, he was doing some farming, but he had to clear the land where he was in, in bottom ground. It was all thickly wooded forest, all virgin forest. And he had to clear all that so he could have an area where to farm. And that took many, many, many years to accomplish because they didn't have chainsaws. They didn't have bulldozers. It was done with axes. It was done with saws. It was done with horses. And it was done with shovels for digging out the stumps. It was a challenging time. He also, though, put into practice some of the skills he learned. He, he knew how to cobble shoes and make shoes, and he would do that for his family and for neighbors. He built caskets. And his uh, brother or brother-in-law, I'm not sure which it was, uh, would lay out the uh, fabric on the inside. Uh, he made himself a portable molasses cooker. And he would uh, go around from farmstead to farmstead. Everybody raised a certain amount of cane. And he would boil that down to molasses. And then he would get to keep a portion of it that he could sell or use. In his older years... He, uh, he, when he wasn't farming, he took his box wagon and a horse and he went from farm to farm picking up whatever supplies needed to go to town, such as milk, butter, eggs, to be sold at the store uh, for the people who lived in town. He looked for opportunities. He knew his skill set. And when an opportunity arose, he jumped at it. And you know what? That's what all of us need to think about as things change, as times change. Some of you out there may be sitting there unemployed again because of lockdowns that have recently taken place. Or your career is definitely changing. Or you're like my daughter. You know, the world is not the way it was when she started college. Not in the least. And uh, she's going to have to do like her great, great, great grandpa and look at her skill set and, and, look, and look for those opportunities and those challenges uh, to meet, to face. And uh, I wish her the best. I, you know, I want her to be successful. And uh, she is definitely in the center of my prayers for that. Uh, it's not an easy time for anybody. But for those just getting out there, it's, it's going to be a harder row to hoe than for others. So uh, some of you, you've got kids in the same boat. Some of you may be in that same boat. And my thoughts go out to you as well. So uh, that's about all for this part of the podcast uh, for today. And uh, we will now go into our uh, devotional study for today. All righty, today's devotional study we are taking, as we have been, from Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace in His Presence by Sarah Young. And if you are following along in your own copy, we are on February 22nd. And this is written from the uh, 
perspective as if Jesus is talking. You need me every moment. Your awareness of your constant need for me is your greatest strength. Your neediness, properly handled, is a link to my presence. However, there are pitfalls that you must be on guard against. Self-pity, self-preoccupation, and giving up. Your inadequacy presents you with a continual choice, deep dependence on me or despair. The emptiness you feel within will be filled either with problems or with my presence. Make me central in your consciousness by praying continually. Simple short prayers flowing out of a present moment. Use my name liberally to remind you of my presence. Keep on asking and you will receive so that your gladness may be full and complete. Mm. You know, in thinking about the earlier topic in this podcast and talking about with, uh, with kids and they start off a hundred percent dependent upon you. And as they grow, they strive and fight for more independence. They eventually get to the uh, age (laughs) where um, they're thoroughly convinced you're an idiot. You know nothing. They have grand wisdom at their tender age like no one else has. Their friends provide the greatest wise counsel because you don't get them. Uh, You'll never get them. You'll never understand them. And as parents, we kind of hold our breath and we wait. (laughs) We hope they survive this (laughs) and get to the age where they start to realize again, hey, I don't know everything. I need to talk to mom about this. I need to talk to dad about this. I need their wise counsel. I don't know it all. I thought I knew it all. I don't know it all. It's not about knowledge. Ties into wisdom and choices. And it ties into rebuilding a relationship with your parents. Um, on a different level, on a different scale. They're still your parents, but the relationship is a different one than what it was before. You know what? I think that's what a lot of this devotional study is about. You know, as children, if we grew up in the church, if we grew up not knowing a time when we didn't have a knowledge and a faith with God, we get to a point where, yeah, I know all that stuff. I'm doing good. I've got all these great, you know, abilities. 
and um, we kind of start blowing off God like we blow off our parents. And what I think here is really neat right at the start. When we, when we get to the point where all of a sudden our choices, our decisions, or just life in general has uh, swamped us, we realize we can't do it all. And that there's an emptiness that only he fills. We've tried filling it with everything and anything. Kind of like, kind of like uh, Solomon. You know, he was a, a child and was blessed with wisdom from God. And uh, he exercised that in the first part. And then you, kinda, you can kind of get the impression where he got a little cocky as an adult. And he, he recognized this emptiness, so he tried filling it with anything and everything. And um, I think it's the book of Lamentations where you really get an understanding of this, where he says everything is meaningless. You know, he, he, he had hundreds of wives and concubines. You know, he was the king. And <laughs> like Mel Brooks said, it's good to be the king. Um, I guess it was Harvey Corman actually playing in the Mel Brooks movie. But you get what I mean. But that didn't fulfill him. And he had incredible wealth. And the nation of Israel had incredible wealth during that time of Solomon. That didn't satisfy him. Wine didn't satisfy him. Nothing was doing him. Finally, as he gets towards the end of his lamenting, he realized it's all about God. Let's get into the uh, line-by-line part of this devotion, see how this plays out. You need me every moment. Your awareness of your constant need for me is your greatest strength. We fool ourselves. We fool ourselves into thinking we don't need him all the time. I'm sure you do that. I know I do. I fool myself. And then I have to keep coming back. Your neediness, properly handled, is a link to my presence. Kind of like when your kids are out on their own. Maybe it's college or they've moved out of the house. You may not hear from them for a while. Because I don't need mom. I don't need dad. I can do it all. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That neediness is so valuable because that neediness is a way of opening a door to relationship. As I started to realize that I needed more from my folks, then I needed to come to them and that help to rebuild that relationship in, in a new way. That neediness. Yeah, there's some concerns that the, uh, the writer here puts out. Your neediness properly handled is a link to my presence. However, there are pitfalls that you must guard against. 
self-pity, self-preoccupation, giving up. Self-pity. Poor me, poor me, poor me. Let's sit on the pity pot for a while. That's easy to fall into. It's very easy to fall into. And it starts with the word self. When our focus is on our self and we see these the neediness, we start giving ourselves pity. Self-preoccupation. It's not about us. We want to believe it is, but it's not about us. We get preoccupied with ourselves. We get preoccupied with what? Our problems, our struggles, our anxiety, our depression. We get preoccupied with that because that becomes the focus. Self-preoccupation is not a good thing. It's a pitfall. And then giving up. I can't do it myself. So I just give up and I fall deeper into despair. No, that's not, that does not have to be the option. The neediness properly handled is a link to my presence, to the presence of Jesus. We just need to guard against these other things and keep our focus on Jesus. That's been a big part of our, our devotional study. Your inadequacy, your inadequacy presents you with a continual choice. Deep dependence on me or despair. Well, which would you prefer? Because I agree that these are the two key choices. And I've seen it happen over and over again. We're presented with a continual choice. Which do you want? Hamburger A or Hamburger B, for those of you who remember the 1980s. Deep dependence on me or despair. You see, the emptiness you feel within will be filled. It's going to be filled either with problems or with my presence. It's either filled with problems or his presence. What's it supposed to be filled with? His presence. We are mortals. We are not, you know, angelic beings. We are not supernatural beings. We are mortals. We are created by design in this fashion because our dreams are bigger than our abilities. So in order for dreams that God gives us to come true, we have to depend upon him. And if we don't, then all we see is the problems on why we can't reach those things. Make me central in your consciousness by praying continually. Simple, short prayers flowing out of the present moment. Yeah, I grew up thinking prayers had to be nice and fancy and flowery, kind you almost had to write out or just memorize. I remember uh, as a confirmation gift, I received a red prayer book. So I would have a list of prayers that I needed. And I love that gesture. I love it. But that has to be only the starting place. Because it's not the relationship. Imagine if your kids had a book of conversations with you. And every time 
they wanted to converse with you, they would open up to a page and read. Sincerely, but read what was there. Does that sound like a relationship? (laughs) No. And I don't think that's the kind that God wants. That can be a starting place, but that's not where we need to stay long term. We need to have that continuous prayer life. Not that we're sitting there like monks somewhere in a monastery repeating prayers indefinitely, or at least that stereotype. I don't know if that's really how it is. But we need to have a continuous prayer conversation. Use my name liberally to remind you of my presence. Sometimes what we can't see, we question whether it's there. And this is where using the name of Jesus liberally, frequently, not in a bad way, not talking about swearing. I'm talking about in conversation, in prayer. Keeps reminding us that there's a, his presence is here. His presence is with us. That's where he wants us to be. Keep on asking and you will receive so that your gladness may be full and complete. Let's take a look at some of the scripture verses for this. We start with Psalm 86, verse 7. And uh, I'm going to read the first uh, a few verses here before it. And this is a prayer of David that was recorded. I'm going to start with verse 5, and I'll let you know when verse 7 comes. You, Lord, are forgiving and good abounding in love to all who call on you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. In verse 7, when I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. He may not answer the way that you're wanting or you're thinking. God answers. God answers. We just Part of what we need to do is train ourselves to hear what the answer is. There's times it may be a clear voice. There may be times where it's a clear thought. It may be circumstances being arranged in your life. And you need to uh, be open to those kind of things, that kind of communication. When I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. The next is 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17. And again, this is is kind of funny. It's one sentence, but it's been divided into three verses. (laughs) So the first two words is one verse. The next two is 17. And then the rest is verse 18. So this is Paul's letter to the uh, church in Thessaloniki in northern Greece. Rejoice always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I like that that verse, that well, I like the sentence. Rejoice always. That means good times and bad times. We've talked about that in these devotions. Pray continually. Keep that ongoing communication 
with God. Stay in the presence of Christ throughout the day. Don't get distracted away from it. Give thanks in all circumstances. Whether it's good or bad, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you're just now joining this podcast, um, you may want to go back and and listen to some of the other ones where we talk about uh, giving thanks in all circumstances. The path that God leads us on is not always smooth and easy and sunny, like walking on a Caribbean beach. Sometimes we're walking through deep snow, through a mountain pass. Good thing is, when we're in God's plan, He provides us with the snowshoes and the proper clothing and the supplies so that we can accomplish what He has for us. And the third is John 16, the Gospel of John. And um, let's see, this is verse 24. And uh, I'm trying to pick out the context here. Um, Oh, this is where Jesus is saying in several verses before, um, in a little while you'll see me no more, and then after a little while you'll see me. And so he's kind of preparing his disciples using symbolic language, not necessarily straightforward, that he is coming to the point where he is going to be crucified, but he will rise again. So verse 24 says, Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Yeah. They weren't they weren't asking of him in the way that was recognizing his role, his purpose, his actual position in the Godhead, that he was the the Christ, the sacrificial Messiah. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Does that mean asking and he's like the big Santa Claus in the sky and whatever you want, he has to give you because he, you know, this is what he said. No, he's talking about the things that you need when you are on my path, when you are inside my will, when you are, your plan matches my plan. Because God's plan is the plan. And when our plan, when we are close enough, when we are in his presence, We are more apt to have our plan match his and the blessings that he gives we're able to see then. And our joy will be complete because true joy comes from that relationship, not from things that decay, not from things that pass away, but from him who is eternal. I like this. You need me every moment. We do. All right, that's it for today. Hope you have a great and fantastic one, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.